sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, October 19th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and with me, as usual, is my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, and we're trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. We're also going to try to put the fun and functional sports content. Kev, we have week six mostly in the books, and I found it very interesting. We had a number of divisional matchups that were interesting as these races heat up and i gotta tell you something we were looking for you know the crazy totals that were going wild and overs everywhere now maybe overs even did hit at a better clip than unders last uh on sunday but there were some games right that where the scoring did not happen denver new england it didn't go down obviously the giants in washington didn't get to 40 the jets couldn't get to three so i don't know kev are we starting to see the regression happen or are these just you know instances with piss poor offenses what were some of your biggest takeaways from what we saw so far in week six with still two monday night football games on the horizon yeah 12 games yesterday i believe we saw eight and four to the under so it, it is fair Here to we go finally general you know are you seeing these things swing back around uh, i think it's you know a matter of though trying to watch some of these games and you know, it's hard to watch every game intently throughout in the same way maybe you could watch a primetime game. Of course, we'll talk about Sunday sure. Night Football. But there were a couple of spots um, where, you know, you look at it. If I would have told you the box score, 38 points, right? I mean, you right. bet the over 100 times, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Even, you know, the Lions scoring 34, even if you liked them in the game, you expect that game to then get over the number. So there were a couple of spots here where one team did a level of heavy lifting that you would have expected these things to get there, uh, kind of showing that it it takes two to tango. And that was even, I think, a little bit of the case on the Sunday Niner. The Niners had more points in them. They just didn't need them because of the way the Rams were playing that game. So under certainly came back around and, and had their moment. Uh, But as per usual, it it does feel like a case-by-case situation. Yeah, I'll give you that. In a case-by-case situation, we also had two of the three winless teams left in the National Football League get their first win. I thought we had other games that, you know, for me, Kev, were profiling to go one way, but then sort of went another way. For me, Cincinnati and Indianapolis were an example of that. I thought Indy would kind of punch them in the mouth and take advantage of poor run defense. That didn't necessarily happen. But then in another game where I thought poor run defense was going to get taken advantage of with the Houston-Tennessee game, we have Derrick Henry going for over 200 yards and some big plays. But that 
also stays kind of closer than many people would think. I don't know if that's like the divisional matchup, the Texans still, you know, playing inspired ball now that the cloud of Bill O'Brien is now gone. Some very interesting things, though, in week six. For me, though, Kev, it's the like, you know, you can't all of a sudden be so reactionary, right? You can't look to like just last week to try to see what is going on. You have to take a bigger picture view as we welcome in our radio audience and all the affiliates from around the country. Thanks for waking up early with us and getting on the grid. You know, Kev, I think it takes more than just like, oh, that happened last week. It's going to happen again, you know, to try to, you know, get your view and analysis on what's going to happen on any given Sunday. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, yesterday was brutal for me. Um, and, and, you know, and some others who, who I spoke to certainly didn't have their best Sunday. Uh, I, I ultimately made seven picks, went one and six. Uh, it was a bloodbath. And you mentioned the Derrick Henry thing. And again, we'll be able yeah. to expand on that game. But I'll just give you um, an idea of what kind of week it was for your guy, Kev. Uh, I play in a DFS league, and, you know, I'm going through, and I'm contemplating Derrick Henry. And I said, you know what? I said this out loud to someone as well. I said, the only way this guy's worth it is if he goes for 200 yards and two touchdowns. What are the chances of that? (laughs) Oh, no. Because it's exactly what he did. It was just a week where I, I just, it wasn't there. Some of the process was right. Some spots I ended up being on tilt because I haven't had uh, a week where things were going so wrong, and um, that's just the truth. But when that happens, you got to know when to step back and and step in. And I'll tell you this as well, Dane. I I was, you know, again for me, it's around you know eleven thirty noon. I'm finalizing some things, and I said to myself in a real moment of honesty, I said, I don't like any of this. I am mm. betting because it is an NFL Sunday. I don't. Mm. I, I would much rather let people know, hey, I'm on vacation in Belize. Good luck to you. Because I don't like anything that I'm doing here. And you know what? Even though I lost and that is unfortunate, it remains another lesson learned. I yes. didn't like anything, and I should have stayed away from it all. NFL Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, who cares? If you don't like it, you don't have to force the issue. There's 12 yeah. games on, okay? And if you can't mm-hmm. find a spot in 12 games, you know that speaks volumes. And ultimately, that was a, another lesson learned where I didn't like it and justifiably so. Yeah, absolutely. We say this all the time. Sometimes you turn the coaster to the red side. A lot of interesting results that we got to talk about. Baltimore just snuck past Philly. We got to find out our New England, Green Bay, and the Rams good. And do we have to accept that the Bears are? We'll talk about all the games when we come back right here on the early line. Let's go. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge, Dane and Kevin. And now we begin our barnstorming tour of the results from yesterday, week six of the NFL season. And we start with Sunday night football. This is another one, Kev. You know, you, a lot of other people were saying, hey, the Rams might be in that, you know, tier two of the NFC. I was with you also. I thought Goff was looking better. I thought the offensive and defensive lines were playing better up front. But San Francisco would not lose three straight home games, right? And they take care of their division rival Rams 24 to 14. Big effort for Kittle, seven for 109 and a touchdown. Debo also six for 66. And I got to tell you something. Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't looked great, right? But you got to remember right? Kittle has been banged up. Debo was banged up. Their running game was banged up. So now when you have all of those different weapons and the kind of threat in the Kyle Shanahan scheme, which I think is important, we're also seeing development out of the kid, Brandon, can I get a yuke? And we have now maybe an offense that can again put up points. I'm channeling my inner Wu-Tang clan with that one. Mm. What'd you think about this one? Um, I gotta say, usually I know the references. That one I didn't, and I'm upset about it, but that's probably <laughs> on me. Uh, first of all, give Garoppolo his credit. He played yeah. obviously much better. The numbers, you know, three touchdowns, no picks. That's what they needed. Is he just Even, healthier? I listen, b- between healthier, between Kyle Shanahan, you know, uh, mm. certainly putting together what felt like a better game plan. Whatever it was, that was a performance that this team desperately, desperately needed. Raheem yep. Mostert looked good on the ground, but he leaves the game at the half injured, which is another unfortunate sign for them. I thought Debo mm-hmm. Samuel getting back in the mix was yeah. massive. Six catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown, a little bit more end-around work. Uh, yep. You know, kind of different variations that you see with him, which is incredibly important. And... I'll tell you, this is the type of game, Dane, that has me thinking I might need to sit down and college football style resume rank the rest of the NFL and legitimately <laughs> submit to you what might be a top 10 and maybe even ultimately a top 32. And you tell me what like you power think. rankings. Because, yeah, like but college football style. Like you because here's what happens with this game. The Niners win. They get their first yeah. non- Giants Jets victory. It's big for their. <laughs> first went out of MetLife Stadium so far yeah, this which is season. Ridiculous, yeah. right? <laughs> On the other side of the ball, the Rams were to lose, lose. Either lose this football game, or your wins are the NFC East and an absolute sunk Niners team. So when you think about these teams moving forward, right? You have the idle Seahawks who sit on the top at the top at really any NFC conversation, especially with the performance the Packers put forward, and the Cardinals playing a big game tonight. I think it's a division that it almost feels like after each week, we've been like, huh, maybe this is the best yeah. team. All right, all right. Yeah. Seattle's the best team. But who's the second best team? Who's the worst team? And it does yeah. feel like an ever-changing conversation preseason i tell you the rams lose a one possession game in san francisco you don't ding them for it this was a game that they should have been more competitive in i would say 
I agree with you. Um, I, I absolutely agree with you. I also agree with you that like spots two through five in the NFC are in flux. I'm going to give Russ his due right now, right? Until they lose, right? I'll give yeah. him and I'll put them in the catbird seat, you know? But yeah, this idea of who are the next best teams in the NFC, I think you could ask, you know, three or four people who I would respect and you may get three or four different answers. I also want to tell you, you know, because Kev, I always look at the scheme of of this all and you mentioned something that I think is an important point as it relates to Debo Samuel and I'll even throw Brandon Ayuk in there for this 49ers offense okay um on some level similar to Kansas City right the ability for them to stretch you horizontally with the pop passes and the end arounds right you talked about the value of Debo Samuel okay that also if you envision it Kev that allows them the power, you know, north-south running of Raheem Mostart. That mm -hmm. allows the Kittle in the middle of the field seam, right? Because what they do with all that schematic stuff, okay, that they run, is it stretches you horizontally opening up lanes. If you've ever seen that good old commercial with Vince Lombardi, right? I'm going to get a block here, a block here, and then the alley. Part of what the Niners and even a Tyreek Hill and some of these other end-around teams do is spread you horizontally to be able mm -hmm. to then punch you in the mouth. And I really believe Debo Samuel being back in that role as 100% is part of it. To be quite honest, Kev, that's why I think they favored drafting Brandon Ayuk over what we thought they were going to do in the draft. Mm -hmm. Their first pick, getting a more prototypical X outside the numbers receiver like Lamb or Judy, right? Ayuk mm -hmm. fits that offense a little bit better. And I do think that is something very important to watch. They also made, uh, Collinsworth made a point of it of showing Jimmy G and the ankle that is kind of, you know, getting back to 100%. And if he was able to kind of plant off of it, generate power off of it on his throws. So maybe he is getting better and better. I was on, to be honest, Kev, I thought the Rams would be able to throw more than they did last night. I was worried about the banged-up 49ers secondary, and it didn't come to pass. Jared Goff, 19 of 38 for only 198 yards. He had the game script where he should be throwing, but he still only completes, Kev, 50% of his passes. I will say this. I'm, I'm pretty sure I lost this over because someone tweeted out, a victory lap tweet of Goff being better than Wentz after he threw his touchdown mm. Woods, and then he proceeded to look like absolute garbage ever since that tweet. What was a sent catch out. from Robert Woods, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think <laughs> this is the problem really with both of these teams, right? You don't trust either quarterback when it's all said and done. Well, I bet on the Rams, bet on McVay. I bet on the Niners. Betting on Shanahan. How often, if ever, do you hear people say, I like the Rams, Goff is going to rip it? Right, right, right. That's not what you hear. I like the Niners. I think Jimmy G puts on it. No, right? Kyle Shanahan's going to scheme this thing up. The ground game yep. will be working. Nobody could stop Kittle. McVeigh will have this thing cooking. Daryl Henderson looks great. By the way, the Aaron Donald will cause mayhem. Right, right, right. Disaster. The backfield in LA is, um, you know what I mean though. Like, like that's mm -hmm. what right. You see Goff and Jimmy with, G are not the lead graph of the analysis of these teams ever. No, and, and that's still what happens in a game like this. That's why the, these are two teams that can be difficult to bet on ultimately 
right? And, and that's why I yeah. certainly had a little bit of buyer's remorse. Like, ah, you took an over in a game that these were the two quarterbacks. And now, again, I think the over should have got there. Okay, some people might say there were 40 points in the game. You had over 51 and a half. How do you think it should have got there? I watched the game. That's how. There was a lot of things that, had that, that, that happened that messed this thing up. My point, though, is these are two quarterbacks, a la Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins yesterday threw three picks before he threw his first touchdown. And nobody can say, oh, my God, who could have seen this coming? It's not the first time he's done it this year. So that's the issue with these two quarterbacks. That's the issue with buying these teams. Keep in mind, Dane, these are the last two teams that went to the Super Bowl from the NFC. And still, the belief in them is not where you would expect it to be based on what I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And you know what's so hysterical then, Kev? You're talking about how these two quarterbacks are not the leaders of their two teams. You're talking about how we don't really know if the Rams or the Niners, if they're a tier two team in the NFC, if they may be on the outside looking in. Now I submit to you the next game we're going to talk about because the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, certainly their quarterbacks are in the lead graph when you talk about their teams. However, this game also did not not get to the number the Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Green Bay Packers 38 to 10 right and these are two teams where when I'm asking you okay outside of the Seattle Seahawks right who didn't play yesterday who's that next best team in the NFC some people would have said Green Bay if you asked us 36 hours ago the question is is anybody gonna say Tampa Tam at this point when we come back we got plenty of week six action to break down and we will do that starting with the pack and the bucks a battle of Hall of Fame quarterbacks and it turned out to be a lopsided affair we'll talk about that when we come back on the other side right here on the other line SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the grid, including our radio affiliates from around the country. Thanks for getting on the grid. We'll give you all the info you need. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, we mentioned, right, this uncertainty near the top of the NFC. So a lot of people thought Green Bay was that team. Aaron Rodgers was second in the MVP markets, right, going at, I believe it was like four to one. Well, he goes to Tampa and lays an Hmm. egg. We just talked about Garrett Goff throwing for a 50% completion percentage. What if I told you that Aaron Rodgers was under 50% yesterday going 16 of 35 for only 160 yards? I guess if you want to count his two interceptions, then he completed over 50% of his passes. But two of them were to Tampa Bay. One of them returned for a touchdown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get the job done at home 38 to 10. We even saw the Brady-Gronk combo come on back a little bit. What does this mean for the NFC? Kev, honestly, if you knock the Packers down a peg, if you start to think the Bucks are, you know, what we maybe thought they were, the Saints are struggling, the Bears are five and one. What does this game mean for you in the totality of the NFC? So let's start with the Green Bay side of it. Yeah. Rodgers threw his third career pick six. A ridiculous number, by the way. 
I think Brady might have three pick sixes on the season. Is at least two. That's a ridiculous number. Of his career, that is for Rodgers. And then throw a pick on the next possession. I, I doubt he's had back-to-back possessions with interceptions o- over like three times also right. in his career. Here's the lesson to learn. Not all bye weeks are the same. What did we say earlier on Friday, Dane? This team didn't need a bye. This team didn't need a yeah, week they were to get fat on their own ego about how right. incredible they were. And then what'd they do? They got up 10 nothing. Rodgers hitting, hitting a little little gyration in the end zone, feeling himself. Yeah. They yeah. got punched in the mouth and never contemplated getting off the mat. They didn't score after the first quarter. Like, they didn't score after right. the first quarter. So do I think the Packers are, you know, a fraudulent team who's now undone all of the good that they had built up in the first four weeks? No. But I will say this. I learned this last year with this team the hard way. A sun- oh, I remember it vividly. A Sunday nighter against the Niners. A beautiful teaser spot. Rodgers in the over. Rodgers and the over. Rodgers over one and a half. T- oh, Dan. What a, what a Sunday night it was. I mean, everything <laughs> went wrong. On the road against real, real good football teams. Rodgers does not have the track record that you would think. Hmm. This is one to remember. This very well might be a team that needs the NFC to go through Lambeau. And these Hmm. are the type of games that will prevent that from being the case. Keep in mind, they're not even in first place in the North anymore. That is true. We will talk about the team who has that honor in a little bit, and I can't believe that is the case. One other note I'll say on Tampa, big shout-out to our guy, Chris, the close of Ventra, Ronald Jones, (laughs) 23 carries, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette was a a game-time decision inactive in this one, but I don't think it matters. You know, Rojo has been this back for them. Definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if this game script is going to be such if the Bucks are a 10-11 win team right they're going to be using Rojo to close out some games I do want to keep it moving we got plenty of games to discuss the next one here is Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Kev you know all week I was talking about Baker having to go camping into the tent and boy did he get hit up I don't know if you saw the game but they were putting pressure on Baker and I felt bad about for him now I don't know what the technical reason was, right? He did not finish the game. Some people say coach's decision. Some people say they were already down big, so maybe discretion was the better part of valor if he was already banged up, if he wasn't already having a good game. But ultimately, it was Case Keenum. And here's what I'll say about this one, Kev. I'm going to start with the Cleveland side here. Even though Pittsburgh at undefeated and their defense showed up, their offense showed up, all the people in Pittsburgh, who, you know, was still saying they were an unimpressive, undefeated team. I'd like to see what they say now, you included. But I do want to start on Cleveland here, Kev, because honestly, this has the same exact game flow that I was talking about for week one with Baltimore. Once again, Cleveland, 
unable to get into their flow, which is being able to run, is being able to do play action with Baker. When they are down early, like they were to Pittsburgh, then it's on the arm of Baker, and it doesn't work. Remember how we talk about some teams, Kev, who have all the answers, can go either way, and some teams Mm -hmm. need a kind of specific path or prescription for them to look good? I'm telling you again, Cleveland is one of those teams, and they didn't have the opportunity because Pittsburgh got up big. I mean, he threw a pick six on their first offensive possession. Well, that's, Here's the, that's the way it happens. Here's the deal, right? You know how I view both these teams. Told you I like the Steelers in the game. He's not healthy. And, and I'm not trying to take away from Pittsburgh, but he's not healthy. Dr. David Chow, who I spoke to on Sunday when we are AC joined, yeah. Live, that's the thing. I'm sure you probably guys probably spoke to him as well. Yeah. He was like, I know we're all talking about the ribs. He was, this dude might have the injury that Dar- that's keeping Darnold out. So I yep. think the big question for the Browns, at the end of the day, you lose this game by four. You lose this game by 31. You lose the game. You're in Pittsburgh. You're dogs. You're not supposed to win it. Is it ideal to be losing to the <laughs> top teams in this division by you know 76 to 13 right. on aggregate? No. Right. But their next four games, at Cincinnati, mm. home versus the nice. Raiders, home versus the Texans, home versus the Eagles. Favorite, Doable. I would say, in every single one of them. What Doable. kind of record can you pull off with Case Keenum at quarterback? That needs to be a legitimate question in that room right now. Because you're going to need a healthy Baker for the stretch run. Because a banged-up Baker, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, okay? A healthy Baker might not work. But certainly a banged-up Baker won't. I get it. Mama didn't raise no wuss. That's great. Did she raise you to throw pick sixes to start the game? No. Get healthy. Get healthy. They have the soft soft part of the schedule coming up. He needs to get right. Otherwise, you can't back this team. None of that. Fair enough. Yeah, listen, I hear you. Remember, in that stretch also, they would hope that they get Nick Chubb back as well, which would also be a huge lift. All right, but now we got to talk about Pittsburgh. All right, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh is undefeated. Uh, Kev, you know, what I have sensed from you, right, is Mm -hmm. you know you got to respect the team if they still got a zero in the loss column, right? But then beyond that, you have still had some questions about this team. Mm -hmm. Well, their defense came to play. Connor with 101 and a touchdown. The kid Claypool seeing that maybe he wasn't a one-hit wonder, right? Big Ben, although he doesn't throw for a ton of yards, he's one of those quarterbacks at the helm that you got to trust to, right, expose the defense, make the right play, move the ball. Tell me, are you now impressed by Pittsburgh? I mean, ultimately, you win a game 38-7, to you got to give sure. a team its due. Against the 4-1 and one team, yeah. Right. Now, again, they were playing an injured quarterback. You won't convince okay. I don't, And I don't, it's not that you won't convince me. Either. We all know that that's the case, right? Sure. Now, it's up to them to put forward the kind of performance, and they did. I will say for Pittsburgh, I anxiously await their next mm. two games. They play the Tennessee Titans. They play the mm. Baltimore Ravens. Both on the road as well. You split that down the middle, there's nothing else I can say. Even if the Baltimore one is the one that I desperately can't wait for. Because that's one where I'm, I just know I'm ready to back Baltimore. Unless the number's outrageous and agrees with my sure. perception. But this is a team that I, I want to see, you know, kind of in the foxhole. The yeah. 
college football style resume rankings, right? That I'm talking about for you know possibly doing right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Steelers are five and zero football team. That's going to put them near the top. But the Steelers, similar to the pretty much every single team in the league, you can still poke holes in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. This was comfortably, comfortably their best performance. Now to say it came against an injured quarterback and how much you take away from that, it's in the eye of the beholder. But this was their best performance of the season, bar none. All right, fair enough. It is going to be interesting, right? These AFC contenders, I feel a little bit more juice with them, quite frankly, than the NFC contenders, right? When we're talking about Green Bay and New Orleans and Tampa and all that stuff, that's one thing. I feel like the main event is when these Tennessee's, Pittsburgh's, you know, Baltimore's, Buffalo's, Kansas City's, New England's, I feel like when we see them against each other, it will be the marquee matchup. But I digress. One of these teams that we are talking about still are the Tennessee Titans. I know we don't have a ton of time up against the break and we will talk about them a little bit more on the other side. But Kev, this one, I was worried about a little bit of a trap game. But then I said on Sunday morning on Pro Football Today, one thing I know for sure is that the Houston Texans can't stop the run and King Henry can run the ball and 200 yards and two touchdowns later. What do you know? The Tennessee Titans get the win in overtime. What do you think about this game? Specifically, the Texans thought to go for two, to go up by nine late, as opposed mm-hmm. to the extra point, to go up eight late and keep it as a one-score game. They went for the jugular on the road as a one-win team. The decision to go for the win was the absolute right call, proven by their inability to stop the Tennessee Titans. You get that two, you win the football game, okay? At the end of the day, they still had two chances to stop the Titans. And two straight possessions, they marched down and scored touchdowns without an issue. To think that, oh, they would have struggled to score from the two-yard line, I think that's laughable. All right, the Tennessee Titans and where they stack up after this big-time division victory is what we will talk about when we're back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back here to the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin. And Kev, I got to ask you something. You know, I, I don't. does this hold for you? I feel the Tennessee Titans are sort of like the Denver Nuggets. They get to the actual semifinals, right? They actually get there. They have the pieces. They should. Your mm. boy Ryan Tannehill should be respected like I think Jamal Murray should be respected, mm. right? You know, Derrick Henry leads the league in rushing. Nikola Jokic is the all-NBA center, for goodness sakes, right? And, and, and yet still, I feel like people are still slow to believe they can get all the way to the promised land. When we talk about the Tennessee Titans, where do they stack up in this AFC uh, tiers? I love this. I, that's one of my favorite things of all time. Here's what I will say. I think you're right. But you know what they should be treated like? How the Denver Nuggets will be treated next year. They proved mm. it last year. They right. proved it last year. They yeah. beat the Ravens in Baltimore. They beat the Patriots yeah. in New England and had a lead on the yeah. Chiefs in Kansas City. Yeah. 
we like what's left for them to prove in a business Dane, right that's a lot of i told you so's and ugh, i can't yeah. believe i said that right there's yeah. been plenty of things i've said to you that have been real ugly but you always remember when someone whose opinion you value gives you a bit of a huh and they rib you for it so i will say to you dane ryan Tannehill. oh yeah top half Tons of the quarterback i mean come on <laughs> what are we doing here 30 for 41 364 four touchdowns did throw an interception i mean at the end of the day left hand right hand they just i mean they scored 42 back-to-back weeks back-to-back they weeks they absolutely have they absolutely have they absolutely have. And listen, we, we we talk about it with other teams, right, as it relates to fantasy, the herd, the pie, right? We talk about it all the time. If they're going to score 42 points a game, I'll take them all. I'll start John <laughs> Smith at tight end, for God's sakes, right? But absolutely, right. they are impressing, and I think people have to start to stand up and take notice. They can do it any which way and twice on Sunday. The next game to talk about are the Baltimore Ravens, who go into a desperate Philadelphia Eagles and get up big. <sighs> almost, they allow the back door to be open, right? They don't cover the number, but the Baltimore Ravens do get the job done against Philly 30-20. to 28. We saw the return of Lamar running a little bit. That 37-yard scramble for a touchdown was, you know, scrumptulescent, shall we say. Carson Wentz doesn't turn the ball over. The Eagles do still lose a fumble. They score on a random, you know, pick up a fumble in the end zone. But for the Eagles side, they are banged up like, whoa. They don't have anyone to go to, and they even lose Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders in this one, Kev. Yet, depending on what Dallas does, they may only be a half game back in that division. At the end of the day, this team is 1-4-1, and and the beginning of it was real ugly. But they have now played two straight games where there's a lot of positive signs from this football team. If Jake Elliott can make a couple of field goals, they very well could have beat the Steelers and the Ravens, or at least one of those games. I don't care what anybody says, man. I, I, I've been doing this pretty much on a weekly basis now. The idea that the Philadelphia Eagles missing four starting offensive linemen, their number one tight end, because by the way, Goddard's their number one tight end, losing their number two tight end Ertz in this football game, losing Miles Sanders in this game, no Alshon, no D-Jax, of course, no Jalen Rager. Uh, oh, so yeah. like, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Kids, well, people want to talk about Old Dominion all they want and Greg Ward all they want. Listen. There's a reason that when the depth chart was released in August, they were like, wide out five and six. Come on. And that's the reality of it. I think Carson Wentz is starting to get, you know, sh- slowly but surely back to the form that he was able to close out the season doing everything he can. They play Thursday night football at home against the Giants. The definition of a must-win game. Who's going to be out there? I don't know, but I'm at the point, you just roll the ball out. You give me Carson Wentz and a bunch of guys, and I'm going to take my chances. And I'll just say this, on the other side of the football, the Ravens are having yeah. one of the weirdest 5-1 and one seasons I've ever seen. I don't know if this team is good. I don't know if this team is great. I, I don't know what to make of this football team. Lamar, yeah. 9-108 and a touchdown on the ground. That's what we're looking for. But he has not thrown for 200-plus passing yards, or like 210 since week one. It is an odd year that the Ravens have had through six weeks heading into their bye. Yeah, I I agree with you, Kev. They also, however, have a defense they can hang their hat on, one of the better defenses in the league, even though they gave up 28 points to Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. You're right. It's been odd, right? We know that 
what Lamar needs to do better is the throwing outside the numbers. We saw when Kansas City forced the game script in a way that that needed to happen, that he wasn't able to deliver. We also have seen Lamar, yesterday notwithstanding, not running as much. We talk about him missing practice with the knee. Maybe that's something to manage. You talk about them sitting Baker down so he could rest up. Well, they need Lamar in a home stretch more than anything else. The one other point I will make about the Baltimore Ravens from a fantasy standpoint, Kev, I say it all the time, rookie running backs slowly ascend throughout the season and the Mm. veterans slowly descend. J.K. Dobbins, in my opinion, has already hopped Mark Ingram in terms of the back that you want in Baltimore. Dobbins, nine carries. Mark Ingram, only five. Gus Edwards, though, is the one who gets in the end zone and leads the team and carries 14. But over time, we're going to start to see a lot more of J.K. Dobbins, in my humble opinion. Let's go to the next game. Another team that is tough to figure out. Kevin, you talk about what are the Baltimore Ravens? Are they good? Are they just okay? How do they want to get it done? I will ask you the same case about the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, who we thought, Kev, we have been waxing poetic about the added ingredient that is Cam Newton in this offense, right? Mm -hmm. And we've said that it's great. He's going to be able to win it however you want. You and I were both very impressed by Cam Newton throwing it in Seattle, right? And then, listen— The man had COVID. I have no idea if it was serious or not, if he's 100% or not, or if there was any impact. And I am not a doctor. I don't even play well on TV. We have Dr. David Chow for that. But the Patriots defecated the mattress yesterday. Kev Cam Newton throws for 157 yards, two interceptions. Yes, he does carry the ball 10 times, one of them getting into the end zone. But what do you make of this Patriots team who was dealing with the COVID issues, had their schedule moved around, does not have a bye moving forward, and uh, did not look good offensively yesterday? I really don't know what to make of this performance. I mean, it is, I think all things considered, Dane, one of the worst performances we've seen from a good team, or at least supposed to be a good team, probably on the year. Maybe the absolute worst. Off of a bye, albeit an unconventional bye, at home, you give up no touchdowns and lose the football game, the Broncos yep. held a six field goals. <laughs> Shout out McManus. That's why kickers should be. Brandon McManus winning fantasy uh, leagues. <laughs> but absolutely dominated. But here's the thing. Two of those field goal opportunities just put in a field goal position to buy turnovers. One by a fumble right. and one by a Cam Newton interception. They didn't move the ball a lick, right? So that's 12-12. They went for two randomly. You win this game 13-12. I can win a teaser. Thank you very much. That's a garbage yeah. performance. And... Think about what was on the line here. You're now below 500, right? On the, the Broncos are ahead of, of them in the conference. They're both two and three, and the Broncos beat them head to head. But on the other side, you get the win. Chiefs do what they're favored to do tonight. Tied in the loss column with Buffalo. Yeah. We're going to go back. We're going to look at this season, okay? Cam stomped at the one. Is that heartbreaking? Yeah, but you're in Seattle. Not having Cam Newton for Kansas City, could it have been different? Yeah. But you're in Kansas City. At home, this one. off a bye to Drew Locke and a Denver Broncos team that didn't score a touchdown. And you lose? They'll remember this when they're playing on the road 
right. the playoffs. That's right. If when they're they like at the Pittsburgh in early January, when it's at Pittsburgh instead of at Gillette, right? Or when they uh, are at Tennessee instead of home. Yeah, they're going to see it. Or when they have to, you know, I don't even know who these other teams might be because I can't tell who's actually good in the AFC. And Kev, hmm. in the NFC, yeah, we got to talk about a team Yeah, that might actually yeah. be good. I, I, we yeah. got to do it. I I, yeah. I don't I, like I can't keep on being like, yeah. yeah, well, then the schedule gets tougher or yeah, but I don't believe yeah. in them. The Chicago Bears go to five and one on the season. Kev. Yeah, they get the job done on the road at Carolina, who was sort of streaking themselves. Kev. So you got to do it. And here's my thing. OK, Kev, I got to tell you something. They're five and one. All season long, the narrative has been uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, big comebacks, and blah, blah, blah. We are in a year where we talk about the overs hitting at a ridiculous clip. Kevin, the Chicago Bears, defensively, are mm-hmm. giving up less than 20 points a game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the best in the league, right? And we mm-hmm. know the Bears, for years, have a good defense, right? We know that this can get the job done. They are performing defensively. They're like Teddy Bridgewater was on one over the last couple of days, right? Mike Davis, oh my God, he's as good as Christian McCaffrey production-wise. They limit this team, which was no small task recently. The Bears are a legitimate defense. Can defense still do it in the NFL in 2020, Kev? Yeah, at a high level, absolutely. I mean, look what the Bucs were able to do to Green Bay, holding them to 10 points, right? That Bucs team has a claim yeah. to be the best defense in the league. Now, as much as I get excited about Chicago, because I am happy for Nick Foles, okay? Right. I absolutely am. Sure. This is a 5-1 and one that they finally got their first win that you can't pick apart. Right, and be it like, like come back crazy or whatever. No yeah. credit for it, right? Yeah. Here's the upcoming schedule for the Bears at the Rams on Monday Night Football. Short Not week easy. trip to New Orleans at Not Tennessee. Easy. No. Monday Oof. Night Football host the Vikings, a bye mm-hmm. week, and then they go to Green Bay. Now, Oof. they close Oof. up the year a lot softer. Detroit, Houston at home, at Minnesota, at Jacksonville. But they are about to hit a five-week stretch where they're going to be favored in one football game. One football game. Realistically, when you start 5-1, and one, what do you need? Two wins in that stretch? Maybe only one win in that stretch. The Bears are a team that every week we will keep asking, okay, but what about now? Okay, what yeah. about now? Rightfully so. The thing is, and I said this last week, now if they actually can start to put forward some wins where you don't pick apart, they've done the base work to probably be in the playoffs. That's what they did this week here at Carolina. Sneaky better defensively all of a sudden, very, very odd. But that's what they did this week here at Carolina. Take one of those Ram-Saint-Titan games, just take one. And that is the type of resume builder that takes this Bears team from pretender to contender.
Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'm out of excuses. I'm out of, yeah, but, you know, I really am. Nick Foles throws for less than 200 yards, Kev. David Montgomery is running for it's less terrible. than three David yards David Montgomery is terrible. He is terrible. I, I told you, like, I do not like the player. So bad. I've said that for a while. Less than, they, but yet, they, they are still. Allen Robinson, back. 53 yards through the air, leads this team. But maybe they are still getting it done on defense. We have plenty of games to still catch up on on week six. But if you were with us last week, we are turning our attention a little bit to college. So I want to update what we think are the key games there. And what that may be for the top 25, we do that to close out our number one right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back here, right back to the early line, Dane and Kevin. And Kev, you know, I would love to go back to college. So let's do that as an early <laughs> line segment right here. Listen, we try to give everybody the contours of the college football season because we're going to dive into it a little bit more. Listen, Nick Saban was on the sidelines on Saturday night helping yeah. Alabama get a big win over Georgia, right? So Georgia may not completely fall by the wayside because, as you said, all they had to do was not mess it up on the road. It was tough. They're still going to hang around. But I want to draw your attention to a team that – did fall by the wayside, Kev. The North Carolina Tar Heels go down mm -hmm. to Florida State, right? Florida State gets it done 31-28. And remember, this is a war of attrition, Kev, right? And now you use the term fall by the wayside. So I want to mm -hmm. make the point that Carolina, as a top five team, has now fallen by the wayside. Georgia mm -hmm. hasn't really fallen by the wayside. They can stay there. We got an influx of Big Ten teams coming online this weekend. Ohio State, Wisconsin, which will need to be heard from right out the gate. A top 25 matchup of Michigan and Minnesota, which will be mm. interesting in that conference. But Kev, you know what we're here for. We're here for the mm -hmm. American Athletic conference unfortunately cincinnati did not play because of their covid but some other teams that we're looking at that are undefeated held up to their end of the bargain right smu gets the job done albeit in overtime against tulane 37 34 they will move up from their number 17 ranking most likely and then byu beats houston 43 26 they will most likely go up from their number 14 ranking we will start to dive in more on all of this what are you looking at from the weekend in college football kev let's not barely lead alabama georgia an awesome yeah. win for bama gets them a couple of more first place votes in the poll i'll tell you what i disagree with though at the ap top 25 Georgia only dropping to four. This is why yeah. betting knowledge is valuable. That team was below a touchdown dog. Lost the second half 21-zip and lost the game by 17. Do not hang your hat on that performance. I totally disagree that Georgia did enough to keep it close and say, that's not a bad right. loss. That was a bad loss. That was a bad mm. loss, and they should be dinged more for it. 
Kevin thinks that them Georgia Bulldogs should have fallen by the wayside. But when you have SEC conference with you, you got to hang around a little bit. Isn't it ironic? Hour two is coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.